Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Satya, I have Amalia here. Hey, Amalia. Hey, Satya. So in a previous episode, we asked if we were oversharing. And thank you all for your feedback. We did get some feedback. And actually, a man that we know uh, had said that sometimes the whole truth isn't exactly being presented. And... I wanted to see, I wanted to talk about that. Amalia, do you have a comment about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I found his feedback most um, interesting. So this uh, listener has been listening to our podcast from the beginning. He's a, a colleague of mine. He's also been doing a lot of healing work with me uh, on my sexual trauma. He's a seer. and does shamanic uh, work with me. And um, he's the person who uh, triggered my whole sex rant too. So we've had uh, an interesting dynamic and have been working through a lot of this healing. And I love his truth telling. So I always count on him to like, kind of give it to me real and um, tell me what I'm not seeing, you know, kind of looks in Mm. in the shadow side so yeah he was he had this really fascinating feedback from me and I don't know if I'm gonna do it justice you know maybe in a future episode we'll have to have him come on to talk directly but um he was saying like that the truth is a little askewed and that you know if I'm sharing from my victim consciousness that uh it's not the full truth, right? It's like a, an askewed perspective and, and maybe slanted, you know, just for, um, you know, from my perspective, obviously not, I'm not taking into consideration like what the man's uh, experience of, of me was. And then it, it kind of turns into maybe like, sounds like man hating or blame or, um, and so he was like, he said, yeah, it's not presenting the whole truth. It's like a skewed per- perspective and that um, what pushes and pulls me into the choices that I'm making is confusing. It's like knowing it's bad and yet entertaining it anyway. And um, is that part of the the thrill? And that's what drives the entity. And mm, um, mm-hmm. he said, it's not talking about the people who deliberately violated me, but um, if I was operating from that lower level frequency that that experience probably um if if i wasn't operating from the lower frequency that that experience probably wouldn't have happened to me and so then i wouldn't be repeating that pattern and uh, i thought that was really profound insight and Mm. one that i don't think i've spoken about uh 
here. And, you know, some of the way that I'm sharing the story on the podcast, it's, it's hard to share this story, right? It's, it's dense material. It's dimensional material. And we have 30 minutes and I'm trying to like parse the story down. And if I'm in my pain body, like I was when I did the sex rant or when I shared my date rape diaries and, you know, I kind of go into the the victim consciousness. And I'm very aware of that. And so I just wanted to bring that to light and really thank um, this person who's been such a huge influence on my, my healing. Um, And, you know, maybe other listeners are also feeling like, Oh, well, you know, this is just your perspective. And like, let's get the, let's get the guy on there and, and hear from him, (laughs) Mm. Um, you know, in these different circumstances, I think, you know, there's a lot of truth in what he was sharing. So it made me think like, well, let's talk about truth. You know, what Mm. is, what is truth? Because truth changes depending on the dimension and the perspective and the frequency in which we're living at, you know, like in our um, modern day context, um, you know, everybody has this thing in relationship about like, oh, he's not honest or feeling betrayed or the news is fake or, you know, there's like aspects of truth and every single individual I have found has a different, um, meter of truth. And I, I learned this through my relationships, you know, waking up because mm-hmm. truth has always been really important to me. And then I have partners of mine, like call me on my shit. Like this guy just did saying like, well, it's not hundred percent true because it's your perspective. And, mm. you know, and then I'm like, Oh, right. And recently there was another um, situation in my life where I was like, Oh, this guy's not being honest to me. And, and then I realized um, there was a, like an intelligence behind that. And a reason for it. And so um, I'm being more allowing now in what I'm understanding as truth than what I used to be when I, when I was younger. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 yes. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. How, how do you see it? Truth, I think, yeah, truth is the uh, experience and the observation of the experiencer. Mm-hmm. We all have our own truth. It's our own reality. It's our own how we're seeing things. So, and I, I think that his, what he was saying holds a, a, something important for all of us because when we are speaking from victim consciousness, which we all do at times, we know that even while we're doing it, it doesn't feel right. We know that there's something slightly askew there. Not to deny our reality or our feelings or anything like that, but just um, that we can always make a little shift or a little adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to like 
honor the process you're in. And he, I, I was happy that he was honoring and he knew that it was part of my healing process. So he was giving space for it, even when it hurt him, you know, like my sex rant was against him basically right. was talking to him. And we, we moved through that and we're friends now. And, you know, like we, we were able to repair our relationship and really listen to each other. Um, and that's huge, right? Cause that doesn't normally happen like if a man has trespassed a female's trust generally like die you know castration time emasculation time and like you bad man right mm-hmm. um, so we had enough of a relationship and I knew his character enough to know that um that he triggered me purposefully it maybe went too far for me and but it was so needed um, for my healing. And I think that, you know, I could say that that's true about all of my sexual um, trauma that I have. Like somehow I needed that, that trauma or, you know, when we talk about co-creating our reality, um, mm-hmm. not, not to condone the behavior, but in those moments of feeling violated, um, a deeper truth or another, the next level of truth was revealed to me. And I was able to shift my perspective outside myself from my limited viewpoint to like encompass the, the bigger design or the, the larger um, truth. And my teacher, my meditation teacher always said, there's only one truth. There's only one truth. And God, that used to spin me out. I would meditate on it for for hours and be like, well, what's the ultimate truth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think we, we all need to be careful or just understand that, you know, we're all doing the best we have with the skills and the consciousness that level that we're at in, in trying to be... Um, honest you know or or sharing from this place of like what's true for us in the moment doesn't mean it's the ultimate truth and I hope our listeners know that when they're hearing my story because I don't share my story to convince anybody that I'm some authority on this um I'm actually Mm -hmm. doing the opposite like I have tons of questions very little answers um every answer I've received has been challenged. So (laughs) I'm just trying to figure it out, you know? And um, I know that, you know, when it comes to sexuality in our relationships, like we're all tripped up here. I mean, this is like the crux of Mm -hmm. um, issues in the world, right? Yeah. And I mean, one thing that's coming to me right now is just, you know, it may sound cliche or whatnot, but if the ultimate, if we're asking the ultimate truth, I guess we could say, well, it's, it's love. Love is the, the ultimate truth. When, once you move through everything else and pull back all the layers and go through the fear and, and all of that, it still comes back to love is the ultimate. So I had a point there. Let me try to get it back. <laughs> what, what were you just going to say? Yeah. And I think it's important that we don't bypass the process, you know, and I think a lot of 
light workers or ther- other therapists, um, anyone who's awakened and and starts to see the ultimate truth and then finds themselves in back in victim consciousness, right? Because it's a loop. It's not like we, um, as, as long as we're here in this body and this density, we are going to move through all these levels over and over again. It's not like, you know, we just get to, we get a free pass out of all pain and suffering and never have to experience it again. But we think we should have that when we've obtained right. certain levels. You know, like I had, uh, you know, I think all of us here have had those experiences of trans- transcendental bliss. And then it's like when you feel bad again, it's like, how'd this come back? And so we mm. often try to bypass to the solution to get to the ultimate truth and not really go through what our human emotional body is is needing to process. like pain or mm-hmm. grief or sadness or despair right. and like we still have to go through that so right then, yeah so it's like, like our tricky. ultimate in, it is very tricky I mean our ultimate intention when we're going through things even if we're angry it's like if you get angry at your partner and you're um you know uh yelling or something I mean maybe the intention inside is just I want to be closer to you I need to connect with you deeper I mean so that is an important part and also just loving whatever comes up. So I guess when I say the ultimate truth is love is even loving those times when we're in victim consciousness or, or we feel like a victim or we feel like it's, you know, we can still love those aspects of ourselves that go into in and out of um, maybe dark places or whatnot. So, so important. That's critical. I mean, and I think that's, um, what I'm aiming to do in sharing this and it's scary because it's all live and recorded and (laughs) Uh people can listen and strangers and people that maybe I don't want to listen can listen. And I'm like, Ooh, this is super vulnerable. Like I, it's not all perfect. Like I haven't figured it out. I'm not wearing my teacher hat in this podcast, you know? And, um, it's just been interesting since we started the podcast. I've really stepped back from teaching. Um, and I've been going through this level of uh, a process of leveling up to the next level to really clear some of these deeper wounds so that I can, um, I don't know, bring more, more light into my body to embody it, to embody more bliss, to feel more, um, pleasure, to feel more wholeness, to feel more love. And so, you know, I'm in the excavation space and I wanted to create this like raw, safe place for me to do that in hopes that, you know, in me doing it, it'll, um, I don't know, create, create the, um, invitation, I guess it is to, for you, for Joe, for everyone listening, um, to explore. Cause it's, it's scary stuff. <laughs> like yeah. where everything hides, you know? Yeah. What did, um, so, so when did, did this bring up anything for you? Do you think like, um, patterns or, reflecting on things in the past or your childhood or 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it makes me think about how, you know, truth has been the torch that I've been carrying since I was really young. Um, in my family, my parents were married for 25 years. They divorced when I was um, 16, but their marriage started really falling apart when I was like 14. And, um, you know, I was just moving through puberty and watching my dad have an affair for a number of years um, before my mom found out and dissolved the marriage. Um, So they had a horrible marriage. It was completely void of affection and love and companionship. You know, it was like two Mm -hmm. different ships sailing in different directions, very different personalities, very different parenting styles, you know, they were not a team. Mm-hmm. They were technically married and we lived under one roof, although I never really saw them together. Um, when my dad had this affair, I couldn't understand how my mom was so clueless. Like when she came to know, I had already known my dad's girlfriend, walked in on them having sex, seen her at the house, you know, like I knew the whole story was picking wow. up every time she called because we had, you know, it was before people had mobile phones. So mm-hmm. you know, she would call the house and there was five phones in our house. We had a very large home and I would pick it up exactly when my dad picked up. So she, nobody would know I was on the line listening and I would hear their conversations and I would just be quiet and then gently close it. And she would always be like, can you talk? Are you alone? And the sexy voice. And, you know, I was just going through puberty, but I was watching this and it really formed um, my opinions about men, like men cheat or men need a certain level of sexuality. And, and around my mother, this, um, disgust about her blindness like how could she be so blind to this obvious you know deception going on like her her level of checking out of presence so for me it was like that I made a a kind of vow to myself like that's never going to be me I'm never going to be my mom I'm never going to be blind to this level of um play out or blindsided or be with someone who thinks that they have to lie to me. So, you know, my first marriage was with a guy who was my best friend. I wasn't attracted to him. Um, and then, you know, I just, I knew he was a, a player and had this like desire for a lot of women. And I was the first woman. I found out a year into our relationship that I'm the first woman he'd ever had sex with more than three times. Mm, and I was, wow. and I found out that his sexual history was like crazy amount of people, and we were, he was only twenty six, and I, it freaked oh, me out, and so yeah. I, I, I created this like way of coping with the situation, which was to kind of allow open the relationship and allow him to be with other women, um, and you know that was our whole relationship was so different. It wasn't at all a traditional marriage by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And so, yeah, I've been reflecting on like, wow, truth was so important to me that I like (sighs) sacrificed all these other needs that I had, like for um, 
being satisfied myself sexually or for having a level of love and connection that I needed just for honesty. Like I preferred his own because he told me the truth. Like he had no problem talking about his crazy perversions and kinks and what his needs were. And I was fine to make them happen because I had this like panic that I would be like blindsided or I just didn't want to look like my mom how my mom looked to me. Right. Um, And since then, you know, that was a very long time ago. And I've been all in all kinds of relationships since and different levels of um, honesty. And I Mm -hmm. think that um, more in the last like decade, I've started to sit with like, oh, maybe it's, you know, not so bad. Like we don't have to tell our truth to, to everyone. Um, like personally, I, I want to be transparent, right, but, me too. um, but I see that like, not everyone can handle the truth. People don't right? like it. People don't like it. No, <laughs> and you, it's a big problem and it yeah. outcasts you if you're a truth mm-hmm. teller. Um, yeah. and so yep. I think that a, a lot of good people are strategically uh, omitting the truth. Yep. Let's call it. Maybe they're not directly lying, but little white lies and little, you know, when I lived in India, um, that culture lies a lot. And I, I, I was always shocked and uh, like appalled by it. Like everyone's a liar. And you know, like everyone, you know, like, why do they lie about the stupidest things? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like they're lying about like, Hey, will you come tomorrow at eight? Yeah, madam, I'll be there. And then they show up at like, they have no intention of even coming the next day. Oh my goodness. And it was like this incongruency between the words and the feelings and confusing me so much because I really need congruency. I need people's words to match what I'm feeling from them, but most people's don't. And, um, and after eight years in India, you know, I started to understand their white lies, their little, what they call white lies. They're just lies Mm. to make you feel good. Like there is actually like a good reason behind (laughs) it. And they're like, no, we don't want to see you frown. We don't want to see that. I'm like, I just want the truth. It doesn't matter what I feel. Like, let me deal with my own feelings. You don't need to manage my feelings. You know, tell me the goddamn truth. Uh, oh my god! I don't know why, but this is just like really hitting me. I just can't. I I spent some time in India, but I didn't even realize this. Like, I didn't spend enough time there to really know this. But that is hilarious. So there they are. You know, their intention is love. Meanwhile, yeah. it's you know making you miserable, making you feel terrible, which it would. Would anyone? Because then it sets you up, you have expectations and then, you know, nobody's showing up or whatever, but still just, yeah. So there you go, you know, different perspectives on what, you know, what kind of lies are okay and what aren't. I mean, the one truth is, is that people lie. I mean, they all have their ways of lying. Everyone does. Oh yeah. It's huge. (laughs) And I think, um, you know, one thing I noticed about India was that they don't have the Bible, you know, I mean, of course there are Christians, but they're all converted, um, Hindus or, or Muslims mm-hmm. that have become Christian. Yeah, Christianity is quite new in India. So mm-hmm. they don't have the majority of people didn't grow up with lies 
being a deadly sin, like in the U.S. Like lying in the U.S. is so shameful, right? Oh, it's so shameful. And yet, you know, all the studies show that basically 99.9% of people lie. And most people don't even know they're lying. When they they don't know. Yeah. Because we've fragmented and we've disowned that part of ourselves to such a degree because it's bad in our culture that we will go straight into denial. It's almost like blackout on what, you know, what we're even lying about. People just disown that whole piece of themselves. Oh, yeah. In India, none of the things I'm talking about were, were considered lying. It, lying is completely an acceptable way of communicating. It's like it's embedded into like the daily <laughs> conversation and it drove me nuts but after a while I started realizing like oh well once you understand the game it's easier to navigate yeah the the level of denial in India was so thick and yet after eight years and being in you know an interesting relationship dynamic um for five years, which I'm not going to get into because we need to wrap up for another episode. <laughs> um, I started to learn that like telling the truth, it, one of the Indian gurus I worked with there, he said, tell the truth intelligently because apparently my truth telling in India was way too direct. Like oh, way, wow. way, they found it abrasive and terrifying. Mm. Um, like nobody wanted to hear the truth. Nobody did. And yet I love when people are honest to me, especially my partners, and especially when it's a truth that they don't want to tell me. Like, oh, I'm attracted to another woman. Oh, this happened. I'm so sorry. Like, I somehow fall in love with people when they can just say it as it is. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially from what you had experienced through your childhood. Like, you do need, you need that honesty. I do, but clearly not everyone does. Like for some people, that level of honesty is so disruptive to their, mm-hmm. to, to maintaining their daily life that they, d- they would rather not hear it. Right. Many people's lives, uh, entire lives are lived around lies. Yeah. And I don't know, like, you know, who am I to say that that's not okay? Like, I'm not here to like, be the ethical police. Well, right, because we don't know what, right, the intention is or where their hearts are or what their reasons are. Yeah, so. Yeah, big learning there. So anyway, I'm learning about levels of truth and just honoring my own needs around it. And, yeah. and also honoring, you know, other people's. And for those of you guys listening who are in relationships and, and honesty and truth um, are important to you, like try to define and get clear about what kind of truth is important to you? Like how much truth and where in your life are you being dishonest? Cause I had to look in that mirror really heavy and found that there were a ton of things I was being dishonest about, even though I was such this like truth teller. Um, and that's yeah. why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And if any of any of you have a story you want to share around this, uh, we would be interested. Yes, absolutely. Please send it in. You can um, reach us on our website, lovesexagenda.com and on um, social media, Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex Agenda. Thanks for listening today. Thank you.
Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda. Bye.